Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back to the Jeepers Creepers podcast. Uh, Kylie is a gremlin. No, I'm Kenzie. And I'm the gremlin. <laughs> uh, also known as Kylie from time to time. From time to time. When Most I'm of not there before midnight. <laughs> Most of the time she's just a gremlin. Yeah, 99% I During say. the day she's a mogwai and at night we feed her too late and she becomes a gremlin. And I become a gremlin at like Or she noon. pops out some gremlins, I should say. I pop them out? Yep. Pop out them gremlins. Yep. Gremlin lemons. Gremlin lemons? Gremlin lemons. What are you saying? <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Full of sleep. She slept all day. I did sleep all day. <laughs> I really did. Sometimes I woke like up that. at like 10. Didn't wake up to Kenzie leaving. And got up, fed the dog, fed the cats, let the dog out. And went back to bed. On Earth. the couch though, I moved. I fully respect it. I moved. Switched my sweatpants. So that's a huge improvement. That day. is, yeah, that's. I was that's proud big. of that. Change your sweatpants once every few days. All right, so this week our movie of choice is Misery. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for this week. I chose this movie because it was on HBO Go, <laughs> and because it's amazing. Or Showtime, one of those two. I think it was uh, HBO Go. And yeah, I don't think Kylie had seen it before. So, I hadn't. So, but I love Stephen King. So. Yeah, and you actually, this is a movie that you actually had, like, some serious interest in. I oh, yeah. Did you I, fall asleep during it, but that doesn't, that's, that's not a... That's not a meter for my interest. It's not, yeah, it's really not. It's just me. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Okay, so, let's talk about the film. So, it was released on November 30th, 1990. It was based on the novel of the same name by Stephen King and directed by Rob Rayner. Its budget was $20 million and it grossed over $61 million. That's pretty dope. Yeah, good for them. Uh, so the movie, if you haven't seen it, is a psychological horror that focuses focuses on a psychotic nurse named Annie Wilkes, who takes in her favorite author by quote unquote coincidence after he drives his car off the road in a blizzard. The author, Paul Sheldon, is known for his Victorian romance novels featuring a character named Misery Chastain. He kills off the character in an attempt to focus on more serious stories, but after his capture, Annie reads his manuscript manuscript for a new book not about misery and burns it demanding that paul writes a novel bringing her favorite character back to life she was really pissed that it had swears in it yes she she's like a very christiany very crazy woman and she reads this new manuscript that isn't about misery and she's like i don't like this because there's like swears in it and then she goes out and buys his last misery book because it's re- happens to be released while he's in her care mm-hmm. and she reads it and realizes that misery dies and is like fuck you paul sheldon you you gonna write me a new book <laughs> uh so she decides to hold the man captive until she gets what she wants and convinces herself the two are meant to be together the movie is not traditionally scary but if you can put yourself in paul sheldon's shoes terrifying. it's an absolute terrifying. nightmare uh it was ranked number four in bloody disgusting magazines 10 most claustrophobic horror films. Oh, claustro... Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So there's there's no, like, small spaces or anything. But, but it's, it's just... It's full-on cabin yeah, fever. Yeah. Like, um... So he's injured and he can't get out of bed. But he wants to leave. He realizes pretty quickly that this woman is full-on fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And he wants to get out and he can't get out. And when he t- does try to get out, she lashes out at him in some way. Yeah, so it's pretty freaky. I would not want to be in the situation nope. where you're helpless... Completely. legitimately helpless yeah he has no working legs yep <laughs> and there's nothing you can do and she's trying get to get away from him. this yeah and then she even like convinces herself we're meant to be together we need to die together yep 
And he's like, well, fuck me. I need to get out of this. And he barely can. He can't walk. Mm -hmm. She breaks his feet, his ankles, actually, yeah. uh, when she realizes he's been out. Yeah, that's um, not a fun part. Yeah, and that was, that was like, I remember seeing this when I was like younger, not too young or anything, but, and I would never forget that scene. Like it, it freaked me the fuck out that like, you can't move at all. You're strapped to a bed. You wake up and somebody's just like, Hey, I know you've been out. I'm going to break your fucking ankles. Like yeah. it's fucking terrifying. You prepared me for that scene. Like since like the start of the movie, she was yeah. like, this scene fucked me up. Yeah, it, it did. It's terrifying. So you're kind of on your, the edge of your seat the entire time. Just you're, Really rooting for Paul. You want him to get out of the situation. Stephen King stated that, quote unquote, the inspiration for Misery was a short story by Evelyn Waugh called The Man Who Loved Dickens. Mm. It came to me as I dozed off while on a New York to London Concord flight. Waugh's short story was about a man in South America held prisoner by a chief who falls in love with the stories of Charles Dickens and makes the man read them to him. I wondered what it would be like if Dickens himself was held captive. So instead of the man who's obsessed with the author is making somebody read it, the author himself is stuck there. So I have word for word that same paragraph as my first one. <laughs> really? Yep. Oh, sorry. No, no, I go into different stuff. Um, I actually have a summary of that story too, because I had never heard of it. So yeah, I figured I would read this quick summary. Um, so living far within the Amazon forest for 60 years, Mr. McMaster rarely encounters anyone that is not a native. So when a disheveled white man arrives, LOL, <laughs> he takes a keen interest. Once given food, the man, Mr. Henty, explains that he was part of the Anderson expedition, a curse adventure that started with and continued to have innumerable troubles until he was the only survivor, wandering through the Amazon entirely lost. McMasters is a generally agreeable man and says that he's happy to help. He provides food and dialogue with Henty, explaining how long he has been there and that the local inhabitants treat him like a father. He also explains how he really likes to be read to and that his favorite is Dickens. The last non-native person to visit him also read him Dickens, and he asked that Henty read him Dickens. Henty agrees to, but as the days pass, he becomes restless. He keeps inquiring about leaving, but McMaster never answers him directly. This is really similar to the movie. Yep. When Henty refuses to read, McMaster takes away his food. So similarly to like when Paul refuses to write, like yep. she lashes out at him. As the weeks pass, Henty becomes hopeful that a rescue party will arrive, but little changes until one night when McMaster asks him to come to a party that night with him. At the party with the natives, he is given a drink to enjoy, warning that it has quite a punch. When Henty awakes the next day, he makes his way back to McMaster, who explains that he has been asleep for nearly two days. When Henty notes that his watch is missing, McMaster explains that he gave it to the nice man who had come by looking for him to give to his wife at home. Henty realizes that not only has he missed the rescue mission because he was asleep for those two days, he was knocked out, but with the watch given to his wife, they'll take him for dead. They'll assume he died. They'll oh, be like, no. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically yep. what he did is the rescue mission came up and he was like, oh, sorry, I don't, I don't I know no where idea. he is, yep. but I did find this watch. Like, you know what Yikes. I mean? Yikes, yeah, yeah. Um, so the story ends with McMaster excitedly thinking about rereading Little Dorrit. So... It's pretty freaky. It's kind of like a very, very similar situation. It's, yeah, very. It's just flipped, whereas instead of it's a random person reading to the person, it's the, the actual author is, yeah. is stuck. Uh, he also stated that the story is indeed about his battle with substance abuse. Um, Kathy Bates' character is a represent representation of his dependency on drugs and what it did to his body, making him feel alone and separated from everything while hobbling any attempts he made at escape. Which is yeah, like a very really strong sad. choice of words. Yeah. 
uh, for hobbling because that's essentially what the guy does. So yeah. he really took this like and made it very literal. Yeah. Um, in his statement, he said he did not come out with it at the time, as in this inspiration, uh, because he wasn't ready and because he was afraid it would detract from the story. So that's all people would be thinking about when they watched it instead of yeah his actual story. Which is a valid point, but I think it makes it, it adds another layer to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool to know after the fact. Mm. Um, the movie's been widely accepted and now holds a 90% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it was nominated for several awards. Kathy Bates, who played Annie Wilkes, won a Golden Globe and Academy Award for her performance. Uh, the movie has since inspired season two of Castle Rock. Uh, which which are, is unreal. Which we are currently watching. Watch it. Uh, so it is a Hulu original. Um, it's an anthology type series. So like each season is based on a different Stephen King novel um, in some way. But it's not, it doesn't copy the novel. So for instance, this one with Annie Wilkes is supposed to be sort of like a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so fascinating. Yeah. So it's actually really cool. You get to meet Annie Wilkes. And the woman that plays Annie Wilkes in this is, she just like absorbed Kathy Bates like it's she's so spot on it's crazy um yeah so that's pretty much everything I have I did get one fun fact that I liked about this movie um and it was that uh Kathy Bates and the guy who plays Paul Sheldon I forget his name um you know the dad from Elf yeah uh, <laughs> immediately when I saw him I was like Elf yeah you know they did not get along like at all you during did the tell filming me that, yeah so she liked to rehearse a lot. She came from like a, a theater studying background and he didn't. So he just liked to like wing it and she needed to rehearse her stuff all the time. So she actually ended up hating him because he would refuse to like rehearse with her. And like the directors were like, you know what? Just use that anger in the scenes. So like she genuinely fucking hates this yeah. dude when she's yelling at him, which I think is pretty funny. I always love learning about actors' relationships. Yeah. Because I'm, cool. sometimes they get along so well and then other times they hate each other. And if they have to play like a love interest and they hate each other, I always find it so fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. So that's all I got on the background of the movie. All right. Well, I have some inspiration. Inspo. Some inspo. So I'm going to skip the part about the book because you already went into that. Okay. And I'm just going to talk about a woman who was said to inspire it. So it's been reported that a woman named Janine Jones was the inspiration behind Annie Wilkes. The director, Rob Rayner, subtly included her case into the script by having Kathy Kathy Bates read about Janine Jones' case, so she had that idea going into it while she was acting. So Janine Jones was born on July 13, 1950, in San Antonio, Texas. She was adopted and raised by Dick and Gladys Jones and grew up with three brothers. Her father was an entrepreneur, professional gambler, and nightclub owner. He ended up being arrested when Janine was 10 for stealing $1,500 in cash and thousands of dollars worth of jewelry from someone who went to his nightclub. Oh. Yep. (laughs) When Janine was 16, she found her younger brother, Travis, dead in their garage from a homemade bomb he built. That's fucking traumatizing. Horrible. Like, how? You found your brother. Yeah, I was going to say a homemade bomb. Even just it happening is horrible, but... Finding him. Number one, just thinking about why the hell was he making out? I have no idea, yeah. And then, like, number two, when you came to see that body, it wasn't like, oh, I found someone, like, lying Lying on the floor. You found, like... Exploded. Exploded. Yeah, yeah. That's awful. It's horrible. And then, in 1968, her father died. So, she was just completely devastated and traumatized. Like, it, it was bad. So then, as soon as she graduated from high school, she married a guy named Jimmy Harvey Delaney Jr., 
1968. Don't trust anybody with that many names. Yeah, that's too many. Too many names. Too many. He enlisted in the Navy, and while he was gone, Janine cheated on him and slept with many men. Just kidding. Don't yep. trust Don't trust Janine. her. <laughs> One name, and I don't, don't trust, trust you. Don't trust anyone. Too many names. Don't trust anyone who gets married, a.k.a. us. We're not married yet, though, so it's fine. <laughs> True. You can still trust us right now. <laughs> she also enrolled in cosmetology school as a way to make more money while Jimmy was gone. And they ended up having two children together. But four years later, Jimmy got into a boating accident. And while he was recovering in the hospital, Janine left him. Okay, well, she's kind of a dick. She is a a dick. Not kind of, but is. I get she had like a traumatizing childhood, but like your husband just got into a boating accident, is hospitalized, and you're like, oh, this is a good time to leave him. Yeah. And on top of it, she left her kids with her mother. That sucks. So she just like took this as an out for everyone. She yeah. was like, I'm done. New Trauma life. doesn't make you a dick. No, it you does make not. You a you, dick. Yep. That's in you. You're just a dick. <laughs> she went on to start a year of training to become a voca- vocational nurse. Did I say that? Vocational right? nurse? Yeah. yeah. Vocational nurse. In 1977, she got a job at San Antonio's Methodist Hospital, but she was fired eight months later for unpre- unprofessionalism towards her clients and coworkers. Ooh, I want to know. I wonder what that meant. Like, what kind of shit she was doing. She was just... It was not anything too serious. It was literally, like, she was just unprofessional. Like, she the way she was talking to them, the way... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't anything too serious there. That's cool, because Kathy Bates is like that, too. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, she just fucking explodes and shit. Flips the switch. She comes off so perfect, and And then then two seconds later, she's like... And she still says it in a way where it, like, kind of almost comes off, like, sophisticated, kind of, and you're like, wait, no, no, no. And then in 1981, she got a new job in the pediatric intensive care unit of Bear County Hospital. Soon after she was hired, infants started dying at an alarming rate. No. Yep. no. Yeah. Not a good sign. <laughs> in the few months of May to December, 20 babies had died. So the hospital started looking into these deaths, but Janine was never a sus- suspect because apparently at this hospital, she came across as loving, highly professional, and a dedicated nurse. So... Completely different than the other hospital, and no one suspected of it. But also, this is just... I get into that a little bit later, but... Actually, no, I get into it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's kind of dumb. That was a cover-up. It's kind of dumb when people are like, well, it couldn't have been them. They're such a Exactly. Look into everyone. Like, Like, do we not know enough about psychopaths, sociopaths, everyone, human nature? That's true. That's true. But, I mean, after, like, the serial killers of the 70s, you think... You should know. know... Yeah, you should know. But this was also just a cover-up because in other reports, Bear County had proof that Janine Jones was endangering these infants, but they chose not to act on it. They never... What the fuck? Yep. What do you mean? Like, they just... They they ignored they just it. They sat on the they, evidence? They... I think they knew. They had never alerted proper authorities about the alarming rate of odd deaths that were occurring, and they threatened a medical auditor named Joyce Riley, who voiced her concerns. In January 1982... Joyce audited medical records and said in an interview, quote, one child was bleeding in 500 parts of his body, including his eyes, end quote. What? Yep. I, I listened Wait, to this interview. Wait, how do you get 500 parts? I don't know. How do you bleed? How do you quantify that? I know. I, I get that. Like, yes, it's definitely possible to be bleeding in like, 500 parts, but like you orifice? counted every single part she was bleeding from. I would just be like, lots of blood. Lots of blood. <laughs> it's there. She's bleeding. Um. And then she examined all of their times of deaths and found that they all occurred during the 3 to 11 p.m. shift, which is the shift that Janine worked. 
Of course. Yep. So she went to management. We saw it coming. We called it. (laughs) She went to management to voice her concerns, and they responded by saying, quote, I'm sorry, Joyce. If you say that again, you'll be fired, sued for slander, and you'll never work again. End quote. Wow. Like, not even just, oh, this is bad. We're going to ignore it. But you say that again. Yeah, but we're going to bury it. Yeah, not just ignore it, but completely bury it. it. Yep. And Joy stated in the same interview that she believes the hospital had an inkling of what was going on, but they did not act on it in order to avoid wrongful termination lawsuits and other potential legal issues. In March of 1982, the hospital upgraded the PICU to RNs only. This removed Jones from her position in the unit without having to directly single out her, single her out or fire her. So what was she? She wasn't an RN, but what was she? No, saying? she was like, t- I forget what it actually was. It was more than like a CNA, but she didn't really go to school for nursing. She went to school for cosmetology. Okay. And then she ended up getting Some like a license. Like yeah. Sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But she wasn't a registered nurse. Okay. So Janine had no choice but to resign because there were no longer any positions available on the pediatric floor. Joy stated, quote, in January of 82, they knew this. They dismissed Janine of March 2082. And in September of 82, Chelsea died. I'll get into Chelsea. And the worst part, in my opinion, is they even wrote her a letter of recommendation when they no! wrote her. Up. Yeah. They sent mm-hmm. her off the letter. Of so, like, the next hospital she goes to, where we'll learn about Chelsea, is okay. because she got a letter of recommendation and was able to get hired there. And she should have been caught this yep. first place. It could have been and easily stopped goes, right there. She goes on. Yep. Okay. Um, i ready. So Janine was able to get another job at Kerrville? Kerrville? Kerrville. Something like that. Kerrville Clinic in Kerrville, Texas. I'm so yeah, sorry if you're way. from there. Kerrville. <laughs> Kerrville. Sorry Kerrville, if you're from Kerrville, Texas. I don't know if I'm saying that right. As a nurse in the pediatric ward. Once again, infants started to become ill very quickly, but luckily, luckily most of them recovered. In 1982, a 14-month-old named Chelsea McClellan was brought to the clinic for her routine mumps and measles immunizations. Janine gave her her first injection in her left thigh, and Chelsea immediately started gasping for air, and she went into a seizure. She gave her another shot, and she went limp and stopped bleeding. Breathing. Stopped bleeding. That would be nice. <laughs> Get a shot to Wait. stop bleeding. Yep. What the fuck did she give her? You'll see. Okay. <laughs> so she was rushed into an ambulance and sent from the clinic to the hospital, but somehow Janine was able to sneak into the ampl- ambulance and give her a third shot. This is when the injection caused short-term paralysis and stopped her heart. What the fuck? Yep. And also other children began having seizures as well. So, of course, health 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 authorities... <laughs> Became suspicious of Janine as well. Finally. Finally. Oh, fine. Finally. Let's be honest. They were suspicious. They the whole time. They just, well, they weren't alerted at the other hospital. Oh, yeah, true. It wasn't, so, it wasn't the cops. It nope. Was the, it was the, the hospital. Administration. Yeah. Yep. So then on September 24th, 1982, the Texas Rangers were notifi- notified of the suspicion surrounding Janine. On September 26th, 1982, Dr. Kathleen Holland found a bottle of succinocholine. Wow, you just nailed that. Shit, that was fast. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that's how you say that. I'm pretty sure it's how you say it, but I should know. Yeah, but damn. who knows? Which, I think you did know. <laughs> which is a muscle relaxant. So she found the bottle of it with pinprick holes in the rubber stopper. Oh, so she's, yes. she's pulling And this was in like the med room, which only the doctor and Janine had access to. Why the fuck 
does Janine have? I don't know. I don't know. She's not an RN. Smaller hospital, but she's not an RN. I don't know why. I she's clearly they good at fooling people. I know, but she's clearly good at fooling people. So somehow she was able to get access. I don't know how. So of course Janine was fired because it wasn't the doctor who did that. And succinylcholine was found in Chelsea's blood, and the authorities were able to connect Janine to these deaths. And it was found that Janine was injecting infants with these drugs, such as succinylcholine, digoxin, dilantin, and heparin, to induce seizures, major organ failure, and heart failure. What the fuck? Yup. On January 12th... Do we have a... Wait. Are we going to get a, a death count? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On January 12th, 1983, Bear County Medical Examiner Dr. Vincent DeMeo informs District Attorney Sam Millsap about the suspicions surrounding Janine. This is 1983, and this is the prior hospital, in case you... Oh, they finally... Yep. Okay. Yep. And the next day, Love the that. pediatric ICU committee reviewed reports on Janine and recommended judicious silence on the issue. So the committee did not take its finding to law enforcement, even after knowing about Chelsea's death. So even after she was fired, even after Chelsea died, they were still like, we need to make sure this is not out. That's so funny. It gets worse later on, but you know what? I'm, I'm following even, the timeline. I'm not even, small rant, I'm not even fucking surprised because so many hospitals are privately owned. Yeah. And like, yep. they just make a fuck ton of money off it's all, a privately yeah. owned hospital. Yep. And the last thing they want is to be like... Cause a death, like, linked to well, them the that second, way. The, yeah, exactly. Their the nurses are killing you people. release that... They're screwed. Every parent mm-hmm. who lost the child in that hospital is suing, suing you. Shit and out no of other you. parent is going there. If they need to go, they're finding a different yeah, hospital. You lose all your. You, that's it. It's yep. like game over. You're for done. The hospital. You're done. Which is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> On May 7th, 1983, investigators found evidence of the succinylcholine in Chelsea's system, which was enough to. Which was enough evidence to convict Janine. So on February 15th, 1984, she was convicted of the murder of Chelsea and was given the maximum sentence of 99 years in prison. And during her trial, her motivation for killing them, well, her at this time, became clear. She wanted to take the infants as close as she could to death and then bring them back so that she could act as a hero. So this gave her the nickname Angel of Death. Oh, shit. Dude, this is so common among... Nurses and shit. Yeah. And well, look, was not not all nurses, obviously. No, but I know, I no, know. I know, I know. But I'm saying like this specific like the, psycho. Yes. If you have this like desire, it's you want to go into a medical field. It's and some it mostly type of Munchausen's by proxy kind it of thing. Is. Yeah. There is it's a, the hero complex yeah. kind of. Yeah. There's a show on it's on Netflix. I don't know what it was on originally or whatever. I think I watched. Called Nurses Who Killed. Yeah, yeah. And, like, almost every single episode is about, like, a person who would, like, low-key kill, like, come really close to killing their patient. And then be the hero. And then rush in last minute and, like, save them. And everyone would be like, oh, my God, like, the nurse saved. And it's like, no, in Mm -hmm. reality, like, they were totally fine. Yep. But it's also, like, they get the audience they want, too. Yeah, true. Because you could do this on your own, but if no one sees it, then you're not known as a hero. You're not a hero. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's no one who just wants to, like, just purely kill, because yeah. you could kill anywhere. Yeah, I mean, so. in that show, there's, like, the people who are just crazy, and yes. they just want to kill people. because you have more access whatever. to yeah. sick people who will die. But. And, like, sick people, for instance, like, elderly people that, like, won't, they won't, the family won't ask too many questions too many. if yeah, they were yeah, yeah. older, if they already You can get issues. away with it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, st- like. Oh, yeah. There are some fucked up. I was, I didn't include any of it, because this, 
Um, story was already too long, but I was like going on a spiral of just nurses who kill. It, I oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's one of my like crazy. Yeah, I love hearing about it. That sounds fucked up, but, yeah, it's, but it yeah. intrigues me. Yeah, because it just like it's insane that, like, to me. Like the psychosis. Yeah. Of, yep. Of serial. And especially now, which I think it's a little less common now because there's much more schooling that has to go into becoming a nurse. There's also a lot like because of things like that. Legal issues legal, and yeah, like, people are more aware of it. Yes, taken. it's a lot safer, but it's still it's a lot so more difficult to get access to medication yes. without requiring yep. it for a patient. And it's not many charted people. Yeah. And like, it's, oh, there's so much charting. Like, yeah. it, it would be hard to get away with. Yeah, for sure. You'd have to be like bringing something in of your own. Like you, you would, couldn't be getting you the medication from there. They would You'd know it's gone. You'd have to like somehow magically yeah. be doing it not on your own shift. Like yeah. not, you know what I mean? Not exactly. your own patient. It would come back to you so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that I'm giving anybody tips. Don't do that. Yeah, no, I just oh, realized what we were doing. <laughs> really st- like after I learned that shit. It's terrifying. Right now. But after I learned that shit, I was like, fuck me. I don't want to go to a hospital. Oh, I watched them like a hawk. Yeah, I'm is- like, what, what med was that? Wait, ooh, looks a little different than it should. What yeah. color is that? Why is it Why is it slightly gray tinted, huh? Like, what are the odds that I'm the one that happens I know, to, exactly. get, to get a murderous Well, I mean, I tend to be in doctor's offices too frequently. Yeah. Or not enough. I don't know what they're injecting me with. I'm like, show me the bottle. You're still doing it. Show me it. Uh, am I? I slept all day today. <laughs> Um, so that you're October, <laughs> what was that? I said you're alive. I am alive. <laughs> she was also convicted of the murder of Rolando Santos and her sentence became 159 years, but with the possibility of parole. Why? 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 Just why? Why would you give somebody over life? But you have, but possible but parole. Maybe not. But like, possible parole. Like, I bet you there's some sort of legal reason why, but I don't understand that i thought i was pretty confident no no that's not that's getting off on parole oh. i was gonna say getting off on parole it's like you have to be able to Money prove or something completely that you are not a danger to yourself or others but that's like prove completely yeah that's what i'm saying a lot of people like don't have that what does that or mean? or they're in they're like parole if i prove completely board, they whatever mean the fuck they are the parole yeah. committee is like, sure, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. They definitely mean good behavior. Like, oh, you acted well in jail? somebody murdered several people... And then they're just being good in jail? That's not good behavior. It's like, you are watched 24-7 by guards. If you fuck up, you could go to solitary confinement. So yeah, you should maybe be on your best behavior. Yeah, I'm not a a big fan of that. No. For petty crimes and shit, absolutely. 100%. But But that is different than murder. If you murdered people, like... To benefit yourself. Yep. Or something like that. It wasn't a if, weird if, spark. Especially yeah. if you were fucking into it. Yep. No. No. You, you're not. If it was like something sorry. happened, like some sort of, like, you know, crimes of passion or something yeah. like that, then like, it's like, a different scenario. But if you. you are getting satisfaction out of killing someone. Clearly you have like a, an issue with Then that. you are not yeah. allowed in society. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now that we have <laughs> that clear. Our, our <laughs> she was said to have killed between 11 and 46 babies. Wide range. Wide range. That's too wide range. Yep. Yeah. Well, the number's unknown. This is the worst part. I, I've said that like five times now. But, but it's bad. <laughs> um, because Bear County destroyed four and a half tons of medical records. No. Which got rid of any proof that she had ever worked there and any proof of who she had treated. 
Fuck Bear County. Wait, yeah. Did they get in trouble for that? No. That is they so ended illegal up, and fucked. They also ended up changing their name. I was going to include what it was now called. Actually, let me look it up really quick. Yep, so they changed their name to University Health System Services of Texas. Which like, like, we weren't part of that. We changed our name. Everybody thinks they changed it to just avoid of course. being known. Because Bear County is pretty well known now. Like, people know that's the hospital that Janine Jones worked in and killed multiple babies. 11 to 46. That's so fucking illegal. Yep. I'm shook. Yep. It's ridiculous. And Janine is, well, Janine said to maintain her innocence, but one testimony contradicted this. In September of 2017, Bear County Assistant District Attorney Jason Goss revealed evidence that Janine confessed to killing multiple babies. He said that in 2011, there was a memorandum of a parole meeting conducted by board member of the Board of Pardons and Paroles, Lynn Rizuka. I love the way you say names on this podcast. Shut up. (laughs) Every time you say a name, you're like... Because I'm like, I... Even if it's like Paul, I'm like, "Mm." hmm. But is it like Paul? (laughs) I love that. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That said that Janine said, quote, I was not a sane person. I did inject the little girl, end quote. Is that Chelsea she's referring to? Yes. She said she admitted it the first time during a routine parole review in 1998 to Marcy Ferguson at at Mountain View. Marcy Ferguson reported that, quote, contrary to prior reports and file material, inmate Jones repeated she committed the present offenses, end quote. Apparently, when she was leaving the interview, Jones turned around and said, quote, I just want to get this on the record. I really did kill those babies, end quote. What the fuck? And Marcy started to flip through the files that they were discussing, and Janine says, quote, you won't find them in there, end quote. Which means she wasn't talking about the babies that she was convicted of. She was talking about the other babies who died. The up to 46 Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, like, the 20 babies while she was working at her first clinic. Like, you're not going to find them, yeah. She was like, yeah, they died. Those are, those, I did kill like, them. I did that, yeah. but they're not there. So 11 to 47, no uh, 46 is a pretty accurate, wide-ass range. Damn. Yep. It's ridiculous. And also, one of Janine's coworkers spoke out, a former pediatric nurse named Sherry Pendergraft at Bear County Medical Center, said that she noticed a troubling pattern in infant's deaths as well, and that medical records showed that they were occurring on Janine's shift, which they ended up calling the death shift. There's a whole book. There's a whole book titled The Death Shift. That's awful. Yeah, horrible. She was scheduled for mandatory release in 2018 due to a Texas law called the Mandatory Release Law, which was enacted to combat overcrowding. Wait, so when it's what is I need to know what this law is. Sorry. The law allowed inmates convicted of violent crimes between 1977 to 1987 to be automatic automatically released if their good behavior credit plus their time served, equaled their sentence. So this meant How she would only... good behavior credit equal up couldn't. to 159 it could fucking not. years? It could not. It could not. And at this point, it meant that she would only serve 34 of her 159-year oh term. Oh my god. 34. That's not even a year per baby, probably. Nope. No, no, no. Definitely not. No. Nope. That's insane. Because it's up to 46 babies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It probably literally isn't nope. even a year per baby. Like one year for an entire life. You should go to a life infant. for an infant. You like should. that's ridiculous. Which was technically what she was originally convicted for. It was life at 99 years for Chelsea. Yep. 
Well, if there's 11 infants for sure, then... 11 life sentences. That's exactly, exactly. (laughs) On May 25th, 2019, in order to prevent her release, District Attorney Nicholas LaHood presented five cases that took place in San Antonio at around the same time as Chelsea's death, and Janine was indicated, indicted <laughs> for all of them. These oh, five yeah, deaths were Joshua Sawyer, four-month-old Patrick Zavala, eight-month-old Richard Nelson, two-year-old Rosemary Vega, and three-month-old Paul Villarreal. Oh, my God. Yep. On Monday, September 9th, 2019... Judge Frank Castro decided that she will be tried on murder charges early next year. The judge set the the deadline for pretrial motions to November 1st and told the state and defense to be ready to go to trial in February. As of today, which this was November 12th when I wrote it, that's the most recent information I could find on the trial. So she's going back to trial. Yeah, she's going back. And if she, for some reason, doesn't get convicted, then she's out. She's out. Yep. That's fucking terrifying. And she's not that old. Yeah, she's gonna like do some crazy Annie Wilk shit. She is like like Castle Rock and change her license plate. She's gonna be like, oh, listen, are you were inspired by me? My name is something else. Um, hire me at this hospital. Yep, one hundred percent. She's going to try to change her name. That's insane. But I mean, I doubt she'll be able to with. Also, she's pretty out there. Also, I I hate this overcrowding law. First of all, I hate that it says like like. People convicted of violent murders between this state and this state. Good behavior. I'm sorry, violent or a violent crime. Sorry, not violent. Yeah, violent murders, crimes. but violent crimes. Mm-hmm. What about all like the petty crime shit exactly. that you have? Release like, people, the petty yeah, crime people. Yeah, let them go and just like anyone on marijuana charges. Release those release. people. So not fucked. the murderers, especially the baby murderers. Yeah, dude. Especially, like, somebody that killed that many people, like, consistently and clearly. And kept trying to get out of it. Like, she kept going back. She got a new job. She was lucky. She She kept getting new jobs. She was not stopping. She was not going to stop. No. She, with Chelsea, she gave her injection. Two injections. Got on the ambulance somehow. Yeah. Third injection. Like, she was ready to go. Yeah. Like, this woman, I don't care how good she was in jail, is a murderer. She will continue to murder. She will find a way. Yeah, that's so fucked. I really hope that she doesn't get released. I don't think she will. Because this mandatory release law also is not a thing anymore. They ended up getting rid of it. So, I'm pretty sure they got rid of it like 1988. Which was like right when this was all happening with her. But still, she was convicted during that time span. Yeah, so it doesn't... Yeah. yeah, Which is bullshit. Like, just end it. Like... <laughs> Just because she was lucky to get convicted within that ten year time span where the law covered, yeah, she might get released with just thirty four years of her one hundred and fifty nine. Also, good behavior credits should never in a million years add up to one hundred fifty. Never, never. Like maybe plus a few the months. Time served. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a few fucking months. It maybe should not take off that many years. years. Like I, said, I, 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 you know I, mean? I fucking hate good behavior. Especially for, okay, for petty crimes, very different. Yeah. Very different. But That's this not kind a thing. Of thing is if you, no if, it, if it's a violent crime, I don't think murder. I mean, I don't it. think murder. I don't think good behavior should get you out early. No. Especially murder. There's a range of violent crimes, obviously, but. And I just fucking let people out. That's that many shit. years early yeah, because of overcrowding. Shit. Look at the fucking prison system. Clearly it's fucked up. Yeah, dude. And this is not the way to fix it. That's insane. And she lucked out for being in the area. Like, this was just a Texas law. 
Yeah. Like she was lucky to have been there in yeah. that 10 year time span. Um, also, I've seen like way too many fucking true crime stories where the person gets off on good behavior and, and then kills him. Kills him. Immediately. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Because, immediately, yep. especially with people like this, it's in them. Yeah. They will do you it again. You have a psychosis yeah. and you are. It's like a just. Innately attracted exactly. to, yeah. to murdering yep. people. Like you, it's. It brings you like. The only pleasure in yep. your world. You do not care. You've been to jail. You will go to jail you again. Just need you need to don't be care. prevented. Yeah, you just need to be prevented from yeah. even having the, There's, the access. Yep. There's certain people, mostly petty crime people, who can be rehabilitated, which was originally like the purpose for jail. But there's other people that just need to be locked out of society. They can. They will never change. Yeah. I do believe people can change. Yeah. Not people some who murder. Cases, yeah. It's <laughs> just like. It's like. A psychiatrist, a psychologist, whatever, yeah. has to look at that case and be like, "No, listen, no. what just occurred is never going to change. Uh-uh. You can't, you can't take that out of no. prison. No, it's in them. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's like, I'm sorry, you killed, and I don't feel bad about that. No. I don't feel bad about not giving you the chance to change when you killed, killed babies. at least eleven babies, at least, and probably at least well more, up to forty six, and honestly, could be more than forty six. Yep, that was just like the most accurate." range that I could find. Mm-hmm. There were obviously other postings and articles else, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, but they weren't as accurate. Yeah. So fuck that. I could rant about the prison system forever, but I will not. Thanks for coming to our TED talk. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So <laughs> now that I'm angry, <laughs> now that I'm really angry and fired the fuck up, I, we just do this podcast so I can get worked up. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Um, so I guess we'll do special. Thanks. E. So I don't think that we did this review. So my fairy tale eighty seven left us five star review. Um, so yes, this person said that Kylie is their spirit animal, and I don't think I've seen Kylie light up like that ever. I Kylie wish I li- could describe how yeah. much I'm smiling still to this day. Kylie didn't light up like that when I proposed. I her. didn't. <laughs> I love you to death, but I did not. <laughs> she was so excited. Um, I think I teared up a little bit. I did tear up a little bit. I'm trying to be. Cool, yeah, so you made Kylie's day. You're my fairy tale from Arizona. Um, yeah, and my then brother. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Um, and then also we got a donation from Lori and Mike. Mm, so that's always super appreciated because just to start this podcast, we have spent a lot of our own money just to get it going. So yeah. did we shout out my dad? Yeah, we did. We can X that out. I just want to be sure. Yeah, so it's like donations are greatly appreciated. So Very. if you're feeling super duper generous. In the holiday cheer. <laughs> in this super duper holiday, holiday season. After um, we ranted about the prison system. Um, <laughs> you can go to our website, duperscreeperspodcast.com. Scroll down, hit the donut button. Donut, donut button. button. Hit oh, that wow. donut. Change it to a donut Babe button. Babe is in now. the mood. Uh, yeah, you yeah know. can you please make it a donut button? That would be hilarious. But yeah. anyway, the donate button. Donut. Um, yeah yeah thank you all for listening yeah um please don't forget to rate and review on itunes uh and tell your friends get the word out um yeah we really appreciate it. check us out yeah for sure check us out on social media thanks for still listening 13 episodes in uh we're having fun with it 13 yeah we're having fun with it so we love it hope you guys have a good whatever week this is in your life Week before Thanksgiving. Ish. Yeah. So. Yeah. Keep it real. Good night. Oh my god.